welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I am one of your hosts, Petter, and with me I got my co-host, James. Hello! And today we're talking about volume 13 of To Your Eternity. We're moving into the new age. The first book that I hadn't read when we started this podcast. And, oh boy, I'm super excited to get into this discussion because, I don't know, I... I guess without saying anything, I'll just say that I, I really, really liked it. Do you? What, what, did, what did you think of this one? <laughs> I only have one thing to say, and that's Petter. Hmm? Be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew how Fushi ends up responding to that so I could give you that same response. I know. <laughs> uh, just, <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, yes, yes. Uh... <laughs> Well, without further ado, let's start by talking about Fushi. He did indeed continue to spread himself out, you know, uh, all the way until present day. And he woke up right as, well, right as this, this, this book began pretty much when we were in the modern age. And the knockers are by now presumably all wiped out. Yeah, I which guess so. I, I don't think we had really expected that. I, I guess, you know, I guess we can know for sure, but at least that's how it seems to be. Uh, mm-hmm. At least Fushi seems to think that way, and I guess you know we we got to take his word for it, right? <laughs> I mean, even even the beholder seems to imply that mm. the danger is just not there anymore, potentially. Although, yeah, how, I mean, I, I guess we can't trust. You know, him he would know. He would know, but yeah, we can't trust him completely. I guess. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah. Things are looking up, especially at the beginning of this book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, Fuji's adventures from the past have have become legends in present day and and all that. Yeah. It, it's, it's pretty cool. And how when Fuji does come back into the world, he wakes up and he sees it with his own eyes for the first time. He sends all of his friends out into the world and, like, back to their homelands, <laughs> which... Yeah, that's hilarious. Probably a bad idea, but, hey, it worked out in the <laughs> end, but it was... <laughs> Remember, Fushi is stupid. Yeah, he is. He really is. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't get that, like, thought process. Like, why would... Like, why, why would, wouldn't you want to meet them right away? Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean... It's almost taking his, you know, his selflessness a little too far, Mm-mm. you know? I guess. Like, oh, I'm going to think think about what they want. It's like, bruh. Like, <laughs> they lived their whole lives, like, you know, years ago. I, they want to be with you. Right. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. Uh... Well, uh, I guess touching on, touching on that, the very beginning mentions that Fushi's dream is to meet many people feel many things, and celebrate peace. Right. Uh, so it, it's nice. I mean, it's kind of a poetic way of saying that his dream was for to have everybody's dreams come true. Mm. But I, I like this kind of a list of things. And it, I mean, it goes to show that he's kind of been doing that throughout his whole life, uh, except for you know, living in, in peace or celebrating peace. He hasn't really had that chance until, right. I guess, now. Um, so that's nice that in a way, he's potentially starting to to live that dream. Absolutely, and honestly, I feel. I mean, those, those dreams uh, to meet many people, feel many things, and celebrate peace. I feel like the first two ones are pretty much straight up adapted from the boys' dreams, right? Yeah. 
uh, which I think is so, yeah. which makes sense, and I like that because and, and those have been with him ever since ever since then. But the 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 dream about celebrate peace, I feel like that's more more his own goal mm. that that he sort of established in volume twelve um, as kind of a a means to fulfill all of his friends' dreams. Indeed. But yeah, it it is nice to see that and like and how that's become his his dream, and and yeah, right now he seems to be living it. Well, sort of, at least. I, I mean, I, I guess we'll see what, what comes of that in the final scene. But <laughs> well, we'll see. That's definitely what's being set up, or mm. that's how it's starting out as, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how it is. And, and I like the line at the very beginning of the volume, um, just right after that list, where it says, we are living in the world someone once wished for, or mm. something along those lines. And just to think about it in, our, in reality... I mean, because in the context of the story, the world that they, that the modern day world is what Fushi, at least that's what he thinks is what he wanted, you know, what these Fushi and the people, his people wanted, um, a peaceful time. Mm. And so, and so you think about in our own world, yeah, we have so much, you know, strife and other things, terrible things are going around in the world. But in a lot of ways, there's peace in, in some aspects, you know, Mm. people are more united internationally than I'd say ever before, maybe maybe I am blissfully unaware, but I think more so than it has been in the past. I mean, there's maybe a little more peace. Yeah. I just think that was an interesting way of putting it. Just maybe think about our own world. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And very early on, also in this book, Fushi was pretty much given this new or additional power by the beholder to reconnect to other things that he has created before. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that was really nice of the beholder to, beholder to do that and, <laughs> and definitely helped, you know, helped Fushi live freer and to enjoy himself. For sure. In this new age. I mean, it's going to be incredibly useful, as we've already seen, just to be able to go wherever, do wherever, and not be chained down by that absolutely yeah that rope it is funny how like those ropes really have become i mean ever since like the ren relark pretty much they be they started to become or to just serve that sort of purpose uh but the ropes have always been part of the boy's appearance ever since the first <laughs> chapter so I, I think that's a pretty like cool way how oima has worked that into sort of the the gimmick of of fushi i guess <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but one of the funnier parts of this book, I thought, was like the first thing that happens once Fushi got into like the big city was he got hit by a truck, <laughs> <laughs> and and like I don't know, it, it was just funny because obviously seeing Fushi get hit by a truck isn't the same thing as like any other character because we know he'll 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 be fine, like no 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 sweat. Um, so it it became a very comedic thing for me. But but also I guess on that scene there was that one guy who took Fushi to the hospital and which is, he, he seemed like a really nice guy but he uploaded a video of Fushi to the internet and I'm guessing it was a, mm-hmm. a video of Fushi getting hit by that truck it, oh it's got to be well it's got to be that whole thing you know right right and we and we don't really know we like we didn't get to see anything more after that but I'm just I, I guess I have a suspicion that maybe that'll become a problem later maybe like if Fushi's regenerative abilities comes into the open and becomes public knowledge because at this point like in this age if he becomes known to anyone he'll become known to everyone 
like it's not as it was in the old days like back in like the middle medieval inspired times you know i actually don't think it'll be an issue yet at least at least that video won't be the cause of it i don't think because when this is just this is just my understanding when fushi and i think it was um aiko were mm. looking at videos of you know bone and, and them um yeah no you know the, people weren't really sure who they were and no one had connected them to fushi and even the even the bone organization hadn't found sushi yet sushi fushi yet <laughs> right yeah. despite the fact that that video was definitely up online so true. I, I don't know i true i think that I don't know why people aren't freaking out, freaking out about it. Right? You know? People should, right? Like realistically, they, they really I feel should, like they should. But it, but it just seems like everyone's just kind of like, well, this that's kind of cool. Oh, that's kind of freaky. Wow, this, <laughs> this world is really strange, isn't it? Kind of. I mean, kind of how they dealt with the whole uh, all of Fushi's followers, friends, come, you know, just appearing out of nowhere. True. Um, yeah, so, yeah, but it's it's. I feel, I feel like Fushi's video is especially strange like the other ones are strange too like don't get me wrong they, they're very strange like for people to appear uh-huh. inside of coffins and museums and stuff like that like that that is absolutely strange but but fushi getting hit by a truck like straight on and to be perfectly fine afterward even being examined by a doctor and being declared to be perfectly fine is like I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm probably thinking too much into this. Uh, I, I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll let it go for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, maybe maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. <laughs> Only time will tell. Uh, but poor Fushi came to give Mark Boba tea. <laughs> but only to see that she was having like even more luxurious boba tea with like her new family. <laughs> <laughs> like, I felt so sorry for Fuji in that moment because he cause, like he had really like put an effort into like treat March to something good and like he had put thought into it and like he wanted to surprise her, and then he saw that. <laughs> like, no, uh, it was. I mean, yeah, I, I felt bad for Fuji, but also, mm. I, I it just it felt odd that he would be so sad about it I, I i don't know i guess really yeah just because well odd to got like it it made sense for older fushi because it kind of reminded me of how he reacted to Piorin in a way when she was all alone mm. and was you know was deciding if she, he should leave her or not um it kind of reminded me of that ah fair, fair. but I, I i would just think that he would have gotten to a point where something like that wouldn't shake him well, um, I mean, he, but, yeah. But obvi- obviously, it did. Mm, obviously right, it did. right, yeah. And and of course, it it turned out to be fine in the end. You know, March wasn't, uh-huh. you know, she hadn't forgotten about him or anything like that. So, it ultimately was fine. But, but at least in in the moment, I definitely felt a bit sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was necessary for him to end up where he did in, <laughs> on Yuki's line. Right. Exa- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and speaking of Yuki, I thought it was really nice how, you know, after they met the first for the first time, Fushi turned into Shin to carry Yuki home on his back, because Shin like just like Shin used to carry Gugu on his back. <laughs> I, I thought that was a really nice little little touch. That's a good catch. <laughs> yeah, actually, r- real quick, speaking of uh, Shin and well, actually, I don't know. 
I just wanted to I I just wanted to mention like that it seems like Boozman's tower is still around. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Right. But when Gugu came back, he saw. I I, I can only assume it was a descendant of Shin. Yeah. Uh, right there. Like that, that was a really nice little, little. Well. It was. Cameo reference. What I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, cameo is, is wrong, but mm-hmm. yeah, a little, little thing anyway. So I, you mentioned Shin, and we had passed that part in the story. So I was like, oh, I wonder if I should bring it up now. I don't right. know. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Wherever the conversation flows. And I guess what, what, on the topic of Fushi turning into other things, I thought it was really funny and smart for Fushi to turn into Mir, well, Reen's dog, when asking for a favor. You know, like, to, <laughs> <laughs> like how can they resist that, that little dog asking, asking for the rest of his friends to come live with them? <laughs> right. Very, very clever. And then they, they asked Fushi to come or to stay with them, like after he's eaten me I was like well if you insist right <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was so funny to see how he really embraced the dog the dog mentality sort of at the start yeah he w- did when he was living there <laughs> it was really fun to see like he really enjoyed being petted and all the the dog attention that he was getting <laughs> uh, he was so into it so a pufferfish Fushi was adorable, and how the pufferfish <laughs> made that shape in the sand. There's, there's a species of pufferfish that does that. So I thought oh. it was really funny. Oh, really? That, yeah, yeah, you should look it up. Oh. They, like, make beautiful art in the sand. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't I, I guess it was just, like, instinct that came into Fushi. He's like, I don't know, why did I do this? <laughs> hey, right. look what I did! <laughs> <laughs> That's so I cool. Uh, too, too bad that other pufferfish wasn't impressed. Yeah, apparently not. He's like, I've seen better. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I thought it was adorable. And yeah, yeah. I guess just overall, I, w- I was thinking about where this next arc is going to go with everything. And I won't go into detail with characters, but I, w- I was wondering, would the theme be, is peace really possible? Um, or, yeah. or at least in terms of, sure, they got rid of the knockers, but can humans still be at peace? Or is it that the peace that Fushi and they his friends wanted was not necessarily not, having no human strife or conflict, but not having the knockers there and, and trying to take take lives in that sense? Um, mm. Maybe mm. maybe that's the peace they, they wanted. I don't know. I mean, obviously yeah. that wouldn't be the main theme, but it could be just a a part of it. Right. No, no, I, I absolutely, I could absolutely see it going that way. And I, I mean, I, I also sort of had those, well, that curiosity sort of while reading this book was, because uh, Fushi seems so sure that, or uh, he seems, he seems pretty sure that now that the knockers are, are gone, like everything should be great. Right. Obviously, at least, at least, not going too much into detail yet, but obviously, seeing Mizuha's situation, we know that at least there, things are not ideal whatsoever, and surely she's not the only person with a less than ideal life. You know, mm-hmm. that that's just you know life just is you know, that's just how life is. I guess right. you know. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and they mention, or I th- I think it's Yuki who asks, "Hey, what are you guys gonna do now?" Are you- you gonna stop some secret organization or evil criminal organization or something like that? It's like I, I mm. and Tony's like, I guess. I mean, we could if it happens. Like, right. <laughs> you know, they don't. They don't. 
like what is their purpose right now what what is fushi and their purpose other than i guess just enjoying their lives that they life that they have fulfilling their um, dreams I, I yeah yeah true fulfilling their dreams that is, i guess that is their purpose but mm. but for the story context like isn't that uh-huh. kind of boring you know <laughs> i mean slice of life okay that's fine but i don't know it doesn't seem like this story would go in, in just a peaceful slice of life direction right yeah i, I mean obviously yeah something's gonna like so, some shit's gonna go down i would i would think <laughs> but who knows maybe, maybe maybe it'll just be some sort of drama thing although the ending of this volume exactly has me thinking otherwise <laughs> right yeah so uh <laughs> yeah it'll be really exciting to read on but but yeah like definitely i i agree with you that there's good reason to suspect things will like things won't be as calm and peaceful as the majority of this volume was mm-hmm. that's all i got on fushi all right then let's move on to mizuha she has the talent to become very good really quickly at pretty much whatever she practices um yeah not i mean i i guess that that's probably something hayase herself had as well i imagine uh based on how I guess so you know adept she was at 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 least you know combat as we saw she was pretty much mm-hmm. unmatched in that and, and kahaku as well uh was better than anyone when it came to combat which i guess was what their training had been mostly so i guess it's something in their in their bloodline you know they have an easy time getting good at whatever they genetics. want to do yeah <laughs> yep uh, it's genetics honey it, <laughs> yeah. i think what's interesting about her is you don't find this out until later in the volume but she absolutely understands or feels that she's perfect and mm. wants to be kind of treated that way or and it expects that of herself uh, almost in a um, egotistical way. So, which I feel like in, in these kind of stories, usually if the person is perfect, you know, they, they try to say, oh, I don't want to be perfect in a way. I, I want to be like the other people, you know, the other imperfect people or something like that, you know, <laughs> something, che- something cheesy like that. Yeah, and there yeah. is a bit of that in, in here, mm. but it's also... At the same time, she's still striving for perfection, um, and w- yeah. she wants to she wants to keep her perfect her perfection for eternity in a way. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really sad because she was raised, you know, that way. Everyone around True. her throughout her upbringing told her how perfect she was, and I mean, she she mm-hmm. was surely in a lot of ways she had an easier time doing things than other kids her age. So I guess. It wasn't unwarranted completely, but still being kind of constantly told by every adult, especially probably around her, but but also probably kids her age to to some extent as well, being told that and being treated as she is, like she's super popular with the boys, even still, you know, uh, and like all all that kind of praise that she has been getting mm-hmm. throughout her entire life, even any even now, it definitely would affect you i think in 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 that kind of way yeah but also obviously like as a side effect you know she's not not particularly liked by the the girls in the school Mm -hmm. or most of them anyway yeah you see that that's not that's another one of those 
kind of stereotypes where, you know, the, the perfect girl who all the boys like, all the mm. girls hate, <laughs> yeah. you know, but she just wants to have an actual friend kind of a thing. But it, but this is a, a a different take on that, I feel like. Mm-hmm. At least oh, yeah. at least based on how her attitude is. I think so too. Yeah. There 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 is a there is something special about it. Plus also like having read the 12 volumes that came before this, I feel like also knowing about the history of her ancestors mm-hmm. also sort of adds to her well well to her character in some sense. At least, you know, to me it makes it more interesting knowing kind of what came before her, I suppose. Um, and and she has that itch in her left arm, which worries me a bit. Concerning. Like, it's concerning. Yeah, very concerning. Because it doesn't happen just once, twice. Yes. I think. I don't think it's three times. At least twice. Yeah, like there was the, the one time she, she pointed it out, and then there was one point later on when she just kind of, you, you, you could just see her kind of itch it, right? And that was near when she was, that was when she was near Fushi. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean that that itch is can't just be at least I don't think a a reference or a, an Easter egg. You know it. it yeah. It, there's got to be something there, or and maybe maybe it's just her bloodline itch, itching up or something. Maybe that's that's the only thing. But maybe. But the fact that it's her left arm, which was specifically right? the arm that both Hayase and every descendant of her that had that knocker, like it was always the left arm. <laughs> the problem is Fushi gives it a pass. Yeah. And cuz he looks at the arm himself and I'm, mm. I'm sure he he could he would've been able to sense if the knocker was there, right? So, why is that? Um it got me thinking and I wondered one I I think for sure she's got to be Kahaku's descendant, right? Well, I guess I can't say for sure, but I I really think that's the case. I, I, I hope so. As I said last week, I hope so. But I, yeah, it, it's hard to say for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is kind of gruesome, but what if the knocker was also able to pass itself to Kahaku's offspring? Um, I don't know if genetically or hmm. just a, a, a strand somehow. Right. I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a little gruesome to think about. Um, a little, little weird as well, but I mean, I kind of like it though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and it just remained in the body for generations, mm. uh, undetected because it merged with the human body. Because we see, because we see the that knocker, same knocker, able to produce some of the bodies that Fushi could produce in ways that that looked like the flesh and not plant like. At least, at least. From what I could tell, right? At least the boys' form. Like I, I'm not so sure form. about the others, but at least the boys' form. Which, yeah, like right. as we talked about last time, definitely was something we had never seen before. And at the time, I thought maybe it was echo related, but now I'm thinking maybe that's not the case. Maybe, maybe <laughs> the knocker has evolved in some case and is just hiding from Fushi within the human body. And maybe the knockers have planted themselves within human bodies in that sense which i don't know how or why hmm. and hopefully it'll be explained but right right because otherwise it'd be I, I mean yeah you have peace but that whole enemy is just gone from the story right for sure it's really really interesting and i i'm, I'm really excited to see if and how that itch is going to affect the story one last thing i'll say about about the itch is uh-huh 
remember my Hayase knocker theory thing? I'm not saying this could be, uh, this is definitely what it is, but just a, just an observation. It's like maybe because Hayase's phi is within her, um, that's where it's kept was in the left arm where the knocker was. I don't know why. <laughs> well, mm, I mean, mm. if, if that was the only way they could reincarnate Hayase's phi was to put it inside the knocker, oh. then if, if Mizuha is the reincarnation of Hayase's phi, then maybe that's what she's feeling in her arm. Um, right. But then why, but then how, if, if it had to be through a knocker, then it shouldn't exist at all, right? So, anyway, I'm trying my best here, okay? Right, I mean, I mean, speaking of, of Hayase's phi, I definitely think that, at le- like, regardless of whether the knocker is there or not, I at least think that Hayase's phi is still around. I think, I think, I think yeah. Mizuha does carry Hayase's old phi. I agree. Like, definitely at least that, because she sort of instinctively wants Fushi. Mm-hmm. Just in the same way that all of Hayase's uh, descendants who have inherited her phi have, have felt. Yeah. So that's at least something I can, like, I can say pretty pretty safely, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. Anyway, I, like you, I, I hope it's touched on. And, I mean, maybe it will never, she'll never come back to it. And it was just some thing, but. I really want to see how it could tie in, and I think it could be interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, this is super interesting. Yeah. And about her mother, very hard on her, giving her very little freedom, pushing her to do things that she doesn't necessarily want to do. And she doesn't even really seem to keep track of her daughter's life, I felt. Like, she didn't even, she wasn't aware of, like, like what her daughter had really done in the past like oh i didn't know you had played piano and flute like i, I guess uh like, you know it, it's just like it, it, she doesn't seem invested in her daughter's life as i think a mother should and you know, like and all, all she seems to care about is like her own image sort of and and her like and like she just cares about her daughter winning prizes and shit like and and right. and, and, and then the face that she gave mizuha when mizuha asked like when she said that she wants to take a break was also something I hated so much. Like mm-hmm. it showed to me. It to me it showed disappointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, she seemed disappointed in her daughter. Like like how like or sort of how dare you? Yeah. Want to take a break right now? It's like, which is 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 absolutely terrible and unacceptable. Not only to for her to feel that way and to think that way about her daughter, but also, like on top of that, also to show it in such a way, uh, is so so unforgivable i think obviously the, yeah this is terrible parenting she would be in the running for worst parent of the year award i i feel like uh-huh uh you know and she's living vicariously through her child um mm. you know the the tro- the trophies and and posting on social media yeah um i just obviously wasn't liking her very much and felt that she was really the cause for a lot of um, Mizuha's, I guess, issues. Yeah, and yeah, oh yeah. Even when she tried to make amends with Mizuha, I, I didn't, I didn't quite trust her. Like that whole uh-huh. scene with, oh, I lost the feather. Oh, here, have this trinket. At right. that moment, I was like, I, oh. okay, yeah, I guess trinket, sure. I, I didn't think it'd be bought from the store, which just made it ten mm. times more 
ridiculous. Uh, yeah. But but yeah. I I definitely thought that she took the feather. Mm, you know, mm, for sure. It just she was in the bathroom. She grabbed her clothes. She probably took the feather, and yeah, and bought the trinket to win over her daughter. It's just very yeah. it's very sketchy. It's yeah, oh, dude, totally. It's it's manipulative. I I think like for her to yeah to lie to her daughter in such a way, tell her that oh oh I, I well too bad you lost your your feather hair tie, but here take this. I used to wear this in elementary school. It's very it was my favorite. Like to make to make to build it up and and make it into such a well she makes it into a thing about herself in a very selfish way, but while at the same time lying to her daughter and making it seem far better than it really is. And obviously you know yeah. with the reveal later on that it was just something she had bought cheap from a local store in town like oh, mm-hmm. that old... and, and you know honestly it's not so much and i'm just kind of just saying this just for discussion purposes it's uh-huh. not so much that it's a cheap trinket uh that's that's the issue if she had said hey i found this i thought it looked pretty i bought, I bought it recently right, right what do you think if she had said that, it wouldn't be as bad as her saying, oh, I had this ever since I was a child in hopes I'd have a perfect little daughter like you. For sure. You know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that is, like you said, is manipulative. And that just makes it 10 times worse on top of the fact that there's no way she did not steal that feather. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. That, I, like, like, yeah. And as you said, like, that was obvious from the start. And and then and obviously we understood later on with the with the new hair tie as well. But yeah. yeah. Terrible. So yeah, it's really not strange at all that Mizuha feels so miserable with a mother like that, um, and and obviously I th- I feel like largely because of her mother, or at least the way that she's being raised, which is at least you know largely by her mother. I'm sure her her dad is there too, but we didn't see him as much in this book. Didn't see him much. Yeah. Nah, no. But but like for her to I think largely because of her mother's behavior be contemplating suicide the way she does is all is obviously super super sad it, it really is i i don't know if it's a bait and switch um in this case but she definitely had those you know suicidal thoughts she was contemplating that kind of stuff mm. and for anybody that's not a good position to be in yeah. um and that's that's definitely when you need help yep and clearly it went in a different direction because uh, because I think that that chapter before, uh, the chapter was called Mizuha. I I forget the number, but it was the uh, last chapter of this book anyway. Yeah, the the last chapter of the book, the mother walks into the room, and and, and honestly, the way it made it seem, it, it felt like you know something bad, and it, like Mizuha was gonna, you know, do something terrible to herself, uh, was going to happen. I I felt like. Hmm. But instead, <laughs> it went it went a different direction, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's why I say bait and switch. But I still think her emotions and what she's going through is is very understandable and real. Right. And I mean, it, it's a really it's a really sad situation because it's partially her mother is making her life miserable. That that's like a big mm-hmm. part of her depression. I I, I think anyway. And yeah. it's both directly and indirectly. It's like directly in, in the sense that we see sort of in the first scene with her mother where we get to understand just how much pressure she puts on her and like like every day of her life she, she does she puts this pressure on her and, and restricts her in, in so many ways. So that's like in a direct way and also like more indirectly with the way she has been raised 
from the from the start, which has, uh, as we learned in that last chapter, the one called Mizuha, last chapter of this book, how her mindset has become somewhat like she she well because of the way that she thinks of herself as being so perfect and and right. uh, and all of that, she wants to preserve that perfection by dying young. Mm-hmm. So it's, and, and I think she said like she, she thinks she will die by the age of 17 or so. We don't know her age here, but I'm guessing maybe 15-ish. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, obviously she's very, you know, she, as you said, she, she needs, she needs help and she needs people that, you know, that she can trust and, and that, and that support her. And I mean, hopefully she will find that in the occult research research club. I, I I think. I think optimistically that's that's what will happen. And yeah, but obviously right now things are looking very dull. For sure, um, I actually want to. Before we move on, I, I want to go back and touch on a couple more uh, people dealing with Misaha. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Her mom obviously has issues with her father uh, or the, you know, the grandpa, Misa's grandpa. Yeah. And I wonder why. Why is that? Why is their relationship oh, yeah. on the rocks? Uh, maybe right. it was just his, his radical religious views and, and the mom didn't want any part of that. Like, that's Could not, be. that's not weird. That's, that happens <laughs> a few, uh, quite often. Mm-hmm. But, and here's kind of crackpot theory time. Uh, maybe, maybe the grandpa killed his wife, Misa's grandma, when she, the grandma, asked the grandpa to do it in order to pass Hayase's phi to Misa's mother's womb. Oh my, (laughs) that is a great theory. I I like it (laughs) But, 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 but that's how, that's how, that's how the Hayase phi is passed on. And not not necessarily people die, but, or people kill each other, but. Mm. In order for the phi to continue, the holder dies, and then it goes into the womb of their child mm. when when they are about to have a, a grandchild. So, mm. I, I don't know. I obviously the grandma had to die in order for Hayase's will to to continue in, in Mizuha. Correct? I, I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or and I, mean, I, I guess I mean I don't know what happens if the grandparents of the holder doesn't die before that person is is born or or conceived or whatever but i i i guess what i think is maybe if they do live longer then maybe it will skip two generations instead of just one perhaps well yeah it it would yeah you're right it would it would skip um a generation but i don't know i just i just think why why would the mother be so against something like that Right, I mean Um, that that would be really interesting (laughs) i mean something like that i mean and and on and actually I, i i like the idea of thinking like about about this because i think oima is usually really good at at making us understand even the people or even even the characters that she writes that are or that that seem really unsympathetic and and like bad people she's mm-hmm. usually really good at finding ways for us to at least not necessarily sympathize with them but at least understand them and, and and in some cases even even sympathize with them and sort of yeah really like them um the mother I, i'm not going to go into details but the mother character of uh shoko the the female protagonist of 
a silent voice. Right. Her mother is initially in the story portrayed in a very bad light. But especially in the manga, and I'm not going to go into detail, but it, it actually it's not conveyed as well in the movie, sadly, because they had to cut out <laughs> various things. But in the manga especially, you really understand her much better, uh, like, you know, further the further in you get into the story. And you understand that she is not a bad person. She has her own struggles and, and her, you know, her own issues. And it sort of, while, while I, I don't love her, I definitely don't hate her <laughs> as much as I maybe did and, and like near, like close to the beginning of, of that, of that story. So, you know, right. something like that perhaps could be interesting, even though she's dead now, <laughs> maybe we will still learn more. <laughs> she can't really you know? comment on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I just, I think Oima's really good at that. So maybe the mom left her fi there for some reason and Bone will We'll be able to talk to or Fushi oh, or yeah. somebody. Oh we'll yeah, dude. I mean, but only I, only if she still chills around, you know. Like, for sure. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But she probably has regrets. It's. I mean, absolutely. And yeah, that, that that's a really good possibility. That I totally that it totally slipped my mind. But yeah, yeah, potentially. But I I will. <laughs> but I guess that just to end, I think Mizuha's mom might have been pr- protecting Mizuha from the guardians potentially. Mm. But yeah. but but it it definitely turned into a trophy, unhealthy thing as, as well. Right, right, right. Completely. Like regardless, exactly. Regardless, it it wasn't like she didn't treat her right. But but you know yeah, yeah. there 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 absolutely may have been some some good in there, or some yeah some effort. But anyway, yeah. So so speaking mm. of her death, yeah. Do you think Misaha killed her? Yes. You do. <laughs> oh, yes. I che- okay. yeah, I I have given this thought, and I huh. at least right now, yes, I I do okay. think I do think she did. Okay. I mean, as we talked about, like you know, she she realized when when she was at the store, she she found that that same hair tie there, and she and she understood in that moment that her her mother had been lying to her, mm-hmm. and and you know, then this was right when Mizuha was starting to feel good. Or, or at least feel better. Like things were starting to look up in her, in her life. Right. And obviously, she had a memory gap right there. But I, I think she, she completely lost it. And I think she killed her mother in this Blind rage fury. or fear. Like, yeah. Well, whatever you want to call it. Whatever, whatever, whatever happened. Obviously, she felt betrayed. I think. And and I mean, she, she had been lied sure. to by by her mo- own mother. And she had just realized how utterly terrible her mother was. Mm-hmm. So, in, in the moment, yes. Yes, I, I think she did kill her mother. Sure. And that, I don't blame you. And I think I think if Misaha did kill her, I think that's evidence that maybe the knocker in her arm might have gone berserk in a way. And, that's, and maybe that's why she can't remember. Mm. Uh, or, or 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 it's your because she is holding the the knife in her left hand and it was her left hand that true um, or, or it's true. it went, or went down the uh, the way you uh, described but I'm kind of think it's gonna be a murder mystery you know oh and okay ah <laughs> in, in in a way that it, it maybe won't be too prolonged but I I think that they they will try to um, establish her innocence and find out who the real culprit was. And what 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 makes me think that is the grandpa maybe 
he mm. getting a little too zealous in 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 his own beliefs um Ooh. maybe he got <laughs> caught up on that i don't know oh why my. he would frame i don't know why he would frame his daughter in that way so th- so that's or, kind of a or his, his, granddaughter. Not his, his granddaughter sorry mm. excuse me right 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 it's kind of but a, yeah 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 that that would be that that does feel a bit strange Especially since he wants her to become the 18th successor or the 18th uh, leader of the Guardians. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, why, why would he frame her? Uh, another thought I had was the dad um, who is mysteriously gone to his his sister's place. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, that to me, that just sounds like he's cheating. <laughs> oh. oh, no. <laughs> I mean, uh... it's a stereotype. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I gotta go uh, see my sister, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe, but that, maybe that's not this kind of manga, so you know. I mean, who I should knows? Probably, I, I should probably give it the benefit of the doubt. Um, yeah. But I, I guess, uh, and I guess there could be a third party. Obviously, the re- the reason why I I think that is because she's passed out, and I wonder if the Western Morning Glory, Eastern Western Western Morning Glory, is going to Western, play. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is going to play a role, a factor in this. Um, maybe that's why she's passed out. Um, I don't know if someone slips it in a T or it kind of pins it, uh, you know, kind of strikes her on, in the neck, kind of how Hayase has done it in, in the past. Um, but I think that's the reason why she'd be passed out. Um, mm-hmm. But then that doesn't explain the blood on her hand. I mean, obviously she would have had to have been set up. Um, that's my thinking. Now, that this is going to be... Right, right. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be really hilarious if it turns out not to be the case and it just totally was <laughs> uh, Mizaha. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just like pontificating about absolutely nothing. I mean, uh, I, I I really like the the fact that you and I have very drastically different thoughts on this. Um, I, I I whenever whenever this happens, I it's usually I I think the most fun because and, and especially now when neither of us like we genuinely don't know. It's mm-hmm. it, it'll be a lot of fun to find out what was the case here i mean maybe it's something that we like maybe somehow it's something that neither of us could be could, could think about who knows it, but yeah it it could potentially be it, mm. it, it just let just let me really quickly say that one of the reasons why i i'm kind of like hesitant to say it had to be her is where where do you go from the story from here like you can't just like have her be friends with everybody and hold hands like it's okay you're a murderer but we you know you could still be part of the she literally murdered someone. You can't. I mean, especially in today's modern society, she has to go to like juvenile jail. You know, I'm not exactly sure how that works in Japan, but in America, if you do something serious like that, you would go to juvie, you know, short, shortened, right, um, right, juvenile prison or whatever. And uh-huh. yeah, so I, you know, it, it doesn't see unless they have her on the run or something. Like she's got to you know, turn herself in or she has to face the consequences if she's the murderer. And, and that, I don't know, that just seems to me that that would seem kind of strange. Then then again, if, if, if Misaha's mom's body or or Fai is still around, who she could create a body and then have her come back, but she still (laughs) did kill a person. So that's, yeah, yeah. Right. And that, and that, if that was the case, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like to me, honestly, I just for I I guess I can't ex- exactly explain why I feel this way, but I just pretty strongly feel like to me the most interesting, 
like the, the way like, the way that this will be the most interesting is if it was her and if there wasn't really anything else interfering like no western morning glory no knocker interfering no 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 other person at all like just her and and well the issues that she has mentally sure and nothing other than that is sort of what i both want it to be and and at this point in time think it will be and and honestly that's that's definitely the most the more simple answer and if that's the case (laughs) i i I think that she would go into a mental hospital uh or mental institute slash if not that you know a juvenile jail Mm -hmm. um prison or whatever it's called um right so yeah, I mean, it def- it's definitely a, a strong possibility. I just, I can't imagine her continuing on in this in this story unless she's either behind bars or behind glass. I mean, yeah, that that is a fair point. I mean, she need she needs help. She clearly needs help. Yes. Um, and I hope she gets that help. Mm-hmm. But you can't just walk around as a murderer thinking you're justified because. Yeah, her mom was suffocating, but right. Yeah, I mean, for now, sure, now, for sure. No, I I didn't think about this. Maybe maybe it was self defense. I didn't think about that. Oh yeah, we exactly. We don't know exactly what the scene was. Yeah, that's true. Mm, oh oh, that that is a good point. But why would man? She be, why would why would she be knocked out then in that case? I mean, she. I mean, I, I guess it was just like the strain on her mind, or like just you know the the trauma could have just made her faint maybe or something maybe anyway um fun i can't wait i, I can't wait to see what happens <laughs> yeah oh yeah dude i'm super excited yeah the, the, <laughs> really happy we had such different ideas on this i'm i'm really excited to, to go yeah. on with this now <laughs> i'm i'm ready to be wrong you know yeah, it's dude, okay me too honestly and and i i guess i, I will say like this what well, this is the last thing I'll, I'll say on this is that if there is something other than herself being responsible for this my only hope is that it's the potential knocker in your arm. Again, we don't even know if it's there, but um, and 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 I would also say if if it is there, it's probably there in a very small way. Obviously, right. it's, it's not even visible or at all anything like that. But if it is something, mm-hmm. it might have been like a so somehow an influence from that that might have made her do it. And if that was and if that's proven to be the case, then I guess she can avoid punishment maybe i i don't uh, know I, yeah good luck getting that through the court of law <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. oh oh you had a little thing in your arm okay you know uh, understandable <laughs> it happened to be last week <laughs> you know like it's not gonna work no you're right you're right uh but i mean i i'll say at least like that's as far as i'm willing to go with my i guess predictions on this like sure uh, to stray away from it being only her but but anyway <laughs> um she joined the occult research club during this book yeah that's fun and she said that she already has someone else that that, that she likes when that boy was asking her out and mm-hmm. a little bit later she told hannah that the person that she likes is in the same club as her and now mm-hmm. unless it's one of the two, like the brains and the brawn, or the the, the self-proclaimed <laughs> brains and bronze, which they were very minor characters in this in this book at least. Uh, so I'm I'm sort of ruling them out for now. That leaves Yuki and Hana, both of which I mm-hmm. feel are pretty good possibilities for for this, based on what we see of her interactions with those two characters in this book. I feel like 
she takes some sort of interest in both of them in, in various ways. Uh, so, yeah, that, yeah, that's something I'm really interested to see, uh, like where that's going to lead. Well, I, yeah, I was going to ask him, which which do you think? Because uh-huh. it, it could it could go either way. And honestly, uh-huh. I do, personally, I honestly, I don't know. Like, mm. because there's some cases where like, oh, maybe it is Hana, but then there's other ways like, oh, maybe it's not Hana. But I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen anything that's like, oh, maybe it's Yuki, really. You know, like, actually, I. I I felt like I sort of did uh, see really? uh, uh, see some signs. Yes, because even before, uh, I, I'll, I'll say first of all that I am torn on it. I, I I definitely feel like both are are really like seem very possible. But but the reason why I feel like it's possible for it to be Yuki is that even before, oh, well, he did mention. You know, he he started to to blabber on about Fushi, uh, even though he shouldn't have in school, and. <laughs> Which was funny, yeah. but but uh, yeah. and I don't think I, I can't remember if Mizuha was there the first time he talked about it. But I think at least the second time he talked about it, and that was when he mentioned Fuji by name as well. Uh, Mizuha mm-hmm. was around, and she sort of reacted to the name, and yeah, she clinged to it, clinged it, her arm. R- right, exactly, and it, it interested her. That that was some sort of interest, but not obviously not necessarily in Yuki himself in that in that situation. Uh, it was more so about the things that he was talking about, but I, I, I felt like even before that, even before she had reason to, I guess, take interest in him because of him talking about Fushi and stuff, I felt like like she she took interest in him in some sense, even before that. Like she she came to the club room or the classroom or something at one point, and Hana was surprised or Hana like didn't really understand why like why why did you come to the classroom. I think it was just, or may may have just been potentially to to see Yuki for a bit, maybe. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't to see Hana, or I mean, or it could have been to see Hana if that's because because yeah, again, because I, I don't know. It, it could have been. It could have been either really. But she was talking to mm-hmm. Yuki and and to Hana in that scene. I think I think she talked mostly to Yuki, if I recall. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I guess with that in mind, and especially since we saw instances like that even before. Yuki started talking about Fushi. I feel like Yuki is a possibility, and, and, and well, definitely and, and a possibility. Then, yeah, right. And and I think a good possibility. I like equally, at least in my mind, equally as good of a possibility as Hana is. And and obviously, I like or or maybe even Hana is a bigger possibility because there were definitely more kind of well closer moments between Mizuha and, and Hana. Right. Which actually, actually, yeah, I'm probably leaning more toward it being Hana. I just don't know because I can't tell if this is just like you know big friendship moment or is this is this something we should be shipping right now? Like I right I right. I don't I, I I can't say for sure. What I can say is, well, while I think Yuki is there as a potential, you know, love interest, uh, like we said, the potential is there. There wasn't mm. a whole lot of interaction with him and uh, Mizuha. Now, unless that's in their past, and we'll, we'll we will see that in some sort of flashback, <laughs> I, I just can't I can't see it, I can't see it, uh, it suddenly changing. Um, I, I mean, don't think right. I mean, at least he has a lot of uh, interest in her. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I, it would be funny if, or not funny. It would be, it would be 
sad uh, if, if Mizuha does have feelings for Hana and like it creates this love triangle. <laughs> uh, that would be complicated and uh, interesting, but but yeah, I I it's really hard to say at this point. Obviously, we're just one book into this into this part of the story, but sure. I sure. I'm really interested in seeing where this goes. And well, especially now that Fushi's here in Mizuha's life, does that even matter to her anymore? Exactly. There's that. Oh my God. There's three ships now to consider for Mizuha. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god, oh my god. Will you be my friend? <laughs> oh no, oh dear. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> we know where this is going. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that, that is, yeah. There's three potential ships for, for Mizuha now. Or at least for the fans to drool all over. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I mean... I guess I drooled over Gugu and Rin, I, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you should have. <laughs> I know I did. She was able to understand that Fushi was Fushi, uh, which, which was, oh. I, I guess, like just and, like seeing that mind, or following along with her thought process. Oh, yes. On that was, was interesting. Because she, well, she, she, she understood that, like, no human could have made, it, made, made their way through that tiny window and... And she right. was reading about Fushi and her grandfather's books and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I thought that that was, I mean, not not a super big thing, but for for her to to put that together was interesting. I thought. No, no, I totally agree. And that was actually one thing I forgot to mention is it. It felt like she was slowly being pulled towards her ancestry and 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 oh, yeah. Fushi. You know, mm. um, right. like that. She felt like she had something missing almost in her life. Or she felt like she couldn't be the perfect thing. But now that she understood, well, after re- reading about her ancestry and the history of the Guardians and then Fushi, mm. she obtained a goal. You know, I want him. I want Fushi. I want I want to be perfect. That's how I'm going to attain perfection. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, just, it just gradually kind of went towards there. Uh, so it was, mm. it was really kind of fascinating to see. Especially when in the beginning of the volume, it didn't really feel like she had any sort of connection with that that backstory. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of happened gradually. Precisely. Yeah. That that was absolutely definitely very interesting to follow along with. But I guess if there's nothing more on Mizuha, let's move on to Hana next. The president of the occult club, or the occult research club, I think is. It's I think she. Wait. No. I'm confused because I wasn't sure what club they were. Aren't they in like the arts and like, kind of arts and crafts club? Well, I think, well, Mizuha referred to it as something along those lines, I think, when she joined, didn't she? Uh-huh. Because I, I, I did think about this. Well, it was confusing to me. Yeah, it was a little bit confusing to me as well, especially because uh, there definitely was a part where Mizuha referred to it as something else, like something different than what it had, when it had something, been referred something to. About okay, yeah, yeah. Here we go. So, so... Uh, on page 88 i guess that's only in the physical books though uh, <laughs> but um hana is thinking and mizuha likes one of these guys uh-huh. and uh and then the the three the, the three male members of the club are introduced and it says their name says their year and then it says occult research club self-professed brains of the operations that's for the the tall guy for example and yuki aoki first year occult research club Vice President. Well, here's my thinking. 
is that Hannah ha- doesn't seem to care at all about the occult stuff, like at all. Right. Um, and yet, and yet, she's the president. So, <laughs> yeah. I think it could be where she didn't have enough people to join her club. They didn't have enough people. Like maybe three wasn't enough. So they kind of made a bargain that, okay, I'll be president of this club. You guys can do your occult stuff, but we got to, I want to keep this club going. Kind of a, kind of a situation. I don't know why. Um, Sounds like a very typical anime thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Very true. I mean, maybe, Um, but yeah, regardless, she's the, the, the chief. And um, according to Mizuha, Hana loves fluffy stuff, <laughs> apparently, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know if that's going to be important or at all, but I thought that was a funny little comment. Okay, let me, let me just, let me just some drop, drop my theory here, is that <laughs> without a doubt, her face is going to look like Perona. It, oh! You take those glasses out, it'll be Perona. Um, I, I mean, relationship-wise, uh, or... or ancestry no i mean there's no there's no way but it, it, it her face will just have the same facial features as perona um it, and that that's why nice. that's why you're hiding the glasses and i, I feel like you can see it in, in some of the moments where you just barely see her <laughs> eyes or whatever i feel like you could you could see oh that looks like perona in my opinion right also, i mean the hair kind of does uh, yeah like yeah like the bangs a bit yeah yeah absolutely yeah. uh that's a really interesting interesting theory yeah, because you you do see her eyes like slightly in some shots, of, like from the sides a little little bit. Like it's not mm-hmm. it's never a lot, but right. But yeah, that that is really interesting. I could absolutely see that being the case. Yeah, and actually, she she reminds me a little bit of Kobachi Osaragi from the Kaguya-sama Love Is War manga. <laughs> not just in the in the sense that she has glasses that you can't see through that cover mm-hmm. like that that can conceal her eyes, but also in in the way that. Like she she's silently observing things that happen around her in a similar yeah. way that she does. Obviously, without going too much into detail and spoilers for Kaguya-sama, but it's you know part of her character in that. It I, I don't know. She she reminded me of of her in in those in those ways. For sure. Uh, and and like for example, like I really felt sort of her pain when she saw Mizuha, like Mizuha's mother, treat Mizuha the way she did. Like after after mm-hmm. they had found Mizuha and like. And like the interaction that they had and how she observed that interaction, I, I felt like we sort of saw it from her perspective in in a way, and I, I just I really felt the pain that I feel she I I think she was feeling in that moment, and and like how how she saw Mizuha not being able to talk back to to her her mother and stuff like that. Yeah, and and I wonder if there was there was a scene where they were on the, the kind of on the ocean bank i guess uh they were fishing yeah. they were fishing and mm-hmm. she sees this beautiful fish in the bucket and she's like ah, you know it doesn't feel like it belongs in this bucket and i wonder if that was kind of a, a metaphor or maybe comparison whatever you want to call it to mizaha and her situation oh, yeah. um, right. and maybe th- because she was i guess you could say restricted by all the well, by her mother and, and a prisoner in that sense uh-huh. um Maybe she wants to set her set her free from that. Right. Situation. I don't think we'll ever under, fully understand because I do think that scene is a little strange. Um, I mean, I I I mean, I, I I didn't think too much of it, but I really like that interpretation of that. Like, it doesn't have to, you know, 
get become anything more but i really right. like that and I, I feel like you're probably right that that, that that the intention was to mirror mizuha's struggles there yeah very nice anything more on hana nope all right then let's move on to yuki aoki then the vice president of the occult research club and and yeah as i said earlier i think this guy is simping pretty hard for mizuha <laughs> uh. <laughs> well you know i actually don't think it's yeah yeah he kind of it, I think he definitely is. looks up to I and and he likes her, but I don't know I don't know if I uh, I don't know if I go far to say he's simping really hard. I think he's I think yeah, there's a bit of a simping, but I mean his introduction scene in the very beginning of the manga, he was like like freaking out and like like really super like ecstatic over having touched her hand, like he brought her back the the hair tie, and like he was like all like like super excited over her having like gotten a smile from her and he wanted to know her birthday and like all, all that stuff yeah i don't know i mean I, at this point i'm just like you know i got that feeling anyway <laughs> crossing or er, uh be, being a little too uh picky so I'll, 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 let's just move on <laughs> okay <laughs> fair fair uh but yeah like he he's very invested in the mythology about fushi which was really fun to see and, and like i i thought it was clever or it was smart of Oima to to make one of these more prominent characters uh, like this uh, because it mm-hmm. kind of it, that, that then she was able to sort of give us or, or to to teach us about what this current world is like uh, yeah. through 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 this character. I thought it was really really good, and obviously this makes him the perfect guy to find Fushi and to take take Fushi in. Mm-hmm. I, I wondered if he could possibly be because remember how we were wondering if Poco made it to do Yanome and that she wasn't there around uh, Bone's deathbed, mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh, maybe she was just living in Yanome and that's where she died or something like that. Yeah. Um. So I wonder. I wonder if Yuki could be one of her descendants. And yes. Now I I don't know. Th- there's a few things against that. One, you, you don't have the Peach Foundation. They they haven't really acknowledged that they they are descendants. I mean, there could be like a lot of time has passed. We know Fuji. Right. No. Was, yeah. You're right. Fuji was like 250 years old back in Volume 12, and he's about 800 years old in this book. So yeah, that's how many years? 550. That's a lot of like branches in 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 family trees and stuff that could have happened over all of that time. Sure. So I, I, I don't think it, like, I, I wouldn't expect the Tasty Peach Foundation to have kept track of every single one of Princess Poco's descendants, necessarily. Yeah, that's you fair. Know. That's fair. Um, so I guess more, pow- more power to that theory, but I, 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 that, that's just, you know, one potential uh, gear in that. But I think what really makes me think that besides just oh is will Poco's descendants play a part is that his sister mm-hmm. Aiko kind of kind of has a Poco look to her face she absolutely she, like more than kind of I would say okay well, I'm glad <laughs> I, I, I'm glad I, I think so. <laughs> no I agree I agree I, I just sometimes when mm-hmm. I put out these theories I don't want to go too full hard on it just okay, in case fair. I'm wrong but <laughs> but I do yeah no. I think she has a Poco face yeah and, yeah and and even Yuki, in some moments, like when he gets serious, 
he kind of looks like Bond when without you know when he's when he's kind of regular Bond. Like there's a moment where the the grandpa says, "Hey, you can't tell anybody about Fushi that'd it be bad." And he's like, "You're right. We can get the, the CIA and everything could be here. I'll make sure I don't don't tell anybody." And he has a, he has kind of a serious face. He's oh yeah. Or anything. It just kind of looks like Bond. I see what you mean. After he's shaved and everything. Right, right, for sure. And I mean, obviously, it was Aiko, and I guess we can talk about her as well here. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really it, it was, we, well, we, well, we were already there. <laughs> uh, it was definitely she that made me think about this. Like, you know, the, the moment I saw her face, I was like, oh my God, Poco. <laughs> like, <it's not> Poco. <laughs> uh, like, like, definitely, like, very, very clearly, like, a very similarly drawn face. And, uh, and so it was after that, that I, I kept on thinking, you know, in the, along those lines and, you know, it, it mm-hmm. went along very nicely with what we had talked about previously about her, uh, wanting to move to Yanome and uh, find a man, mm-hmm. which was interesting because I mentioned that it was only put in the manga through like one of those bonus pages that was like a little a letter or a, a message from her to her family that's what where she mentioned that she wanted to move like to go to Yanome after this was all over. It wasn't actually part of any of the chapters, but at this point I feel it's pretty safe like it's pretty safe to assume that the Aoki family are descendants of her. And and yeah, it's just interesting how that was only part of one of those bonus pages in the in the physical books. Got to buy the physical books to get the whole story apparently. <laughs> I, I apparently, yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> And also, like I think Fushi, I mean, he because he took her form and introduced himself to to Mizuha as Yuki's cousin, mm-hmm. which I think I think also confirms that Fushi also sort of suspected that they were descendants of her, of hers, because he he could tell or he could sort of tell, at least that Mizuha was a descendant of Hayase, or at least of yeah at least of Hayase maybe even of of Kahaku. He he seemed to be able to pick up on that, and mm-hmm. so I think it's very possible that he also may have picked up on the fact that the Aoki kids were are our descendants of uh, of Poco. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, there is a potential. That. Mm. Um, that said, Fushi is stupid, so <laughs> he may not have picked up on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I also has a different it... case because you know how how big that lineage has been in his life um, fair and you think and maybe i hope we get the moment where he goes to bones like bon these guys are your sister's descendants like that'd be <laughs> kind of cool right yeah honestly um so i i i maybe this was just kind of hinting at it like poco returned to the story in that way um and maybe Fushi just didn't realize. And to be honest, if he had said the father, he, he, he on his father's side, like a cousin on his father's side, I think it would have been more like, oh, okay, <laughs> I could see it. Because I look at the father because we see yeah. him talking to the father. He has kind of right? this poofy hair situation. Exactly. Kind exactly. Of, oh, that that looks more like a bone, you know, a, a peach kind of a, a trait. Whereas the mom looked. Actually, I guess she had a little handkerchief thing over her head, but she looked more or less just regular Japanese. Right. No, I, I, I absolutely or, agree. Or Yanome. Excuse me. Uh, right. <laughs> Gotta get the words right. Uh, but, like, no, I, I had the exact same thought that the dad definitely looked more Tasty Peach 
esque. Mm-hmm. Um, the hair you said, and I felt like he he sort of had the uh, tortoise eyes, or I mean, I oh. guess they're just they're just squinty eyes. So I, <laughs> I guess it's not super detailed, but, <laughs> but maybe maybe that was the intention. <laughs> uh, and and because and because I, I also took note of the fact that Fushi said on the mother's side. But that comment might just have been like a spur of the moment thing. It might not have actually been accurate, potentially. Because yeah. what what does Fushi actually know? Ah, so he could be taking a shot in the dark. Exactly. I I, I think so. Anyway, I definitely okay. feel like Oima's intention, at least based on how the parents were designed, I definitely, as you feel like the the father is the one that the the Poco's blood runs through. Precisely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty pretty confident about that. Uh, I also thought Aiko had a pretty funny name, or or like her first name and, and last name have the same exact letters, just or at least in like our like Western letters, it's the same four letters just in a different order. Aiko Aoki. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, and 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 mad props to her for handling the whole communication with the Tasty Peach Foundation, like yeah. to get get getting in touch with them and organizing that whole meetup at the airport, like yeah. Really, really well done. <laughs> it's just funny how how smoothly it all went with social media and everything. Yeah. Um, it makes you wonder, would it go that smoothly in our world? Maybe. I don't know. Like, I mean, social media, it really is. Yeah, like, yeah you're it, right. Like, it, it's so big. Or like, you know, <laughs> I, it, it feels honestly kind of realistic. Or, you know, at least when it comes to, to that, I think. <laughs> it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Very well, I think we are moving on to, we have pretty small characters left, I think, but Kazumitsu, the grandfather of Yuki and Aiko, do you have anything on him? I I don't. Me neither. Then let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to March, then. The only thing I got really for her is that I felt really sorry for her, like, in the moment that she came back to life, how how alone and how terrified she looked oh poor thing <laughs> like the, the hollow like the, the like the the statues and like that <laughs> it was so mm-hmm. so sad <laughs> uh, do, do you got anything on her specifically uh i mean she's just adorable cinnamon bun you know mm-hmm. same old same old <laughs> indeed indeed then um i guess a little bit on gugu we already touched on the fact that he he saw a supposed descendant of his brother which was like a really cool thing for him I, like the, like for like a first impression of the new world i thought that was really cool hopefully he got to have like a good conversation with that guy um yeah i'm and, sure he did and, yeah and to see boozman's house still standing with slight mm-hmm. modifications but still still there and and he's actually wearing clothes on his upper body now which I, I thought was really cool like he's never done that before. He's looking fresh. Him and Bone are just like super fresh. Right? I mean, yeah, Gugu looks absolutely dashing. Oh my god. They got that drip, man. <laughs> they know what's up. Yes. And he has a phone. He has a smartphone. He bought it before right. coming with everybody. He bought bought it talking yeah. whatever whatever it's talking yeah, yeah. Talking yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like wow. Yeah. Gugu is uh, up on He's this. on top of it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's see, what do we got on Tonari? Well, I, 
I, I really loved how Oima was sort of teasing that Tonari had come back as a kid this time. Uh-huh. That was really fun. Like, you see her little boot in the first panel, mm-hmm. and then later on you see, like, her from behind, from a distance, sort of walking with two other people, I think. Hey, little lady, where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, and it, even though I had already sort of understood that she would come back as a young kid at, at, at the point when she was fully revealed uh, it was still such an awesome reveal like turning that yeah. page and she was standing there with like 14 year old body was ah <laughs> uh, I, I i was so happy to see her that way like yes Fushi. Uh, even though she was a little bit upset but <laughs> yeah well understand i mean I, I understand especially her argument is like i can't take in poison anymore you know i'm not immune yeah. to poison anymore right um <laughs> but uh Fushi, you sly dog, man. Like, look, look. I know it was her dream, but all, <laughs> all I'm saying is, let the Fushi Tonari ship continue, baby. Yes, please. We're not dead yet. <laughs> yes, I honestly would love for that to to take more of a like, like to, Let's to, to become go. more of an important thing or a central thing in the story. I would love for to, yeah. to see that. <laughs> Same. Um, oh boy. It does suck that she doesn't have the poison immunity, but Fushi does say, "Hey, we're not in that kind of world anymore." Although, right? <laughs> are 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 you? Are you? The, I mean, I don't know. I guess you're not. Can't know for sure. Yeah. Whatever. Either way, um, it's nice that she's able to come back to her younger self, and I mean, this is the Tonati we're, I guess, more comfortable. Not comfortable. Just. What, what we were introduced, to. more used to, I guess. Although mm. I don't know, in consideration, like how many how many chapters have passed since? Fair. Uh, yeah, but 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 regardless, Still, I, I feel like we we we've probably seen more drawings of her young than old. Right. Yeah. All in all. <laughs> so do you think? So if this Tonari Fushi ship is is a thing, yeah. do you think that they'll they'll be a point where there's like you know five years have passed? And they're no longer like fourteen year old bodies. They're you know nineteen year old bodies or something like that. Right. Like, is that is that going to be a thing? Maybe not for a few more volumes. I I don't know. That would be pretty cool. I I, but I, then I definitely. Fushi would I not mean, be allowed to transform though at all. Right. right? Um, but if 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 the world is as peaceful as he thinks, at least right now, then he wouldn't need to. Uh, so I guess we can. But hope why? For but that. why wouldn't he? Why would he transform? Would he just be like, "Oh man, I, I got to get to a 19, So it's like, you know, acceptable. <laughs> like it, I, I don't know. I mean, well, actually, he has lived up to like an old man age in the voice form, as we saw, like at the beginning right. of this book, he was like old as hell. So mm-hmm. he should be. I, I think he'll be. I, I think he has the the ability to uh, ch- to to change his form within the voice ages oh really at, at oh, okay. will is my because in volume 12 he he did unlock that new power to to which was sort of vaguely described but the beholder was narrating as like as fushi has not can now create things as he sees them or as, as he wants right. them to be sort of and and i think similarly as he he created uh tonari as younger here mm-hmm. and and that worked out and like he, he was able to do that I, I think that should also mean that he he can change or yeah change his own appearance as well to whatever age he has been in as the boy i i think nice I, hey i hope so i <laughs> yeah i think that'd be really cool i mean not to say i don't like the 14 year old boy but it would be nice to see him as an adult kind of 
and living living life besides the 40-year-old virgin on the island, you know? Right, right. And, I mean, speaking of, like, him and Tanari, like, they are the age that where, like, they both of them are roughly around uh, Yuki's and, and Mizuha's and Hana's age. Yeah, you're right. Wouldn't it be awesome if they went to school with them? <laughs> I, you I know, I that... didn't think about that until now, you know? Like... <laughs> that would be so much fun. That would be interesting because Tonari, yeah, Tonari's at the age. Like, why not? Fushi yeah. going to school, I mean, that'd be great, but it's also, you also got to wonder with his face being on online, like how long is that going to last? I don't, I don't know. You don't, you don't know. It could be interesting. Yeah. Honestly, I, I would really like that, I think. <laughs> yeah, and they'll be uh-huh. in the same homeroom as a murderer. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We don't. We don't know yet. Or, we or we don't know. <laughs> or maybe we do. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, should should be could be really fun. Uh, but yes, moving on, I guess to Bonchin. I mean, look, like I said, he looks great in his in his outfit, and <laughs> clearly he planned out w- with his family this uh, tasty peach foundation or organization, <laughs> and uh-huh. he knew that we would be back again at some point. And right. for, for his family to carry that on without knowing when he'd come back, but they carried it on. They, they were going to be ready yeah. whenever it was. Man, right. like, I'm so <laughs> glad Bone. I, I just Bone, I'm so glad Bone is a thing. Like, ah. Right. <laughs> such yeah. a great character. And so great. So convenient in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he definitely got in some trouble when he just got back into the world, but luckily the Tasty Peach Foundation was close by. Mm hmm. And and I, I love how the two agents that we saw from the Tasty Peach Foundation, they both had like a mini <laughs> Bon hairstyle. <laughs> it was it really was funny. Great. It's part of the uniform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> a dress code, whatever you want to call it. Exactly, yeah. That was that was really sweet. I, I was really confused to buy Bon's sarcophagus or his casket, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. It looked Egyptian, didn't it? It, it did. Yeah, definitely had that kind of feel but maybe other cultures have similar type of burial like that i, I mean be, i guess be surprised in this world i guess at least <laughs> I, I suppose there's yeah. like minor differences uh, sure. here and there yeah yeah, yeah. That, 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 that was funny <laughs> it was <laughs> and that he would spawn right there of all places <laughs> in, in, the, in the museum and he's like yeah. breaks out of the glass <laughs> <laughs> Both he and March spawned in in museums. Yeah, yeah, was funny. Uh, more anyone more on on Bon? No. All right, then perhaps a little bit on Echo. Uh, the only thing I got on her was that I thought it was so heartwarming to see her playing on the playground with all the other yeah. kids. Like it made me feels so happy good, to see man. That. Feels yes. good. <laughs> uh. Uh. Now, now, does she get to go to school eventually? Right, yeah. Like, come I, on. Yeah, like, she wouldn't be in, in like, no, the no. same age, I guess, as the others, but absolutely. I, hopefully, I hope so. hopefully elementary school, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Because we thought well, she's, like, what, she... nine, right? Uh, I mean, at least, yeah, I feel like she's around nine, I, I, I would guess, at least, yeah. Moving on to, well, the only one out of the people that were resurrected that I got anything left on is Kai. And it's at the airport whenever when you know, you know when when Fushi met everyone there. I'm pretty sure it was just he and Tonari were the only two that 
came in their old clothes, like from from the, yeah their old clothes from way back. Um, mm. Although I I felt like Tonari like with her clothes she she fit in pretty pretty well. Yeah. But Kai coming there with in his armor <laughs> like it did not fit in <laughs> at all. He had been in prison that whole time or like for most of that time. Uh, so he hadn't had time time to change at all. Or actually, I, th- I don't think he really ever changed out of it at all. Um, or I'm not sure exactly, but he he seems to really embrace his old clothing. I think. Well, you know, he's been in jail, so right, he hasn't had a time <laughs> to change really. Yeah, but I mean, even later on when they were like building the new house and stuff, I feel like he still had the old clothes that even then I think. I mean, give it, give it, give it a couple of days. Like I. I think they'll get, some, they'll get him some new clothes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I do hope so. I mean, because everyone else looked, like, great in their new modern modern outfits. And I'm sure he will as well. Freaking Massar was just jumped right in, like, <laughs> in a few, few, few interpretations of that. Um, <laughs> yep. he did, it didn't phase him at all, uh, supposedly, you know. Like, wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's just like straight back into his regular lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you get anything else on any of the resurrected people? Uh, I don't. No. Gotcha. Then a little bit on the beholder, mm-hmm. and I don't have much, but the one thing I do got is that he he says that Fushi deserves a reward, and yeah. you know, after all, after the hard work he did, and. He 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 deserves to celebrate and to see the beholder say stuff like that to Fuji was really I, I thought that was really fun to see really nice. Yeah, like we were saying last discussion, it's progression in their relationship and how they seem yeah. to be. Uh, I don't know, warming up to each other more. For sure, and it's, absolutely. It's just, it was kind of shocking to see a little bit of a smile from him, you know. Yeah. Um, as he left. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's interesting that he would let him have this little break. You know, give him time to celebrate. Um, yeah. I, I wonder, is this, is this, uh, well, well, first off, what will be the sign that he needs to get back to training, you know, to become omnipotent? Like, what, what will right. be, okay, break time over. Like, what's, what's the sign for that? I don't know. That's a, yeah, right. I, either some very serious threat would arrive or, or, or maybe the beholder has some sort of like time limit in mind, like, after a while, he'll just go up like, "Yeah, dude, um, break time's over. Get back to get back to work. <laughs> get back to work. <laughs> <Sort of. laughs> um, Maybe. Or is this really just all part of the learning process? You know, becoming on is this is this little break is actually part of it. Um, it's just being phrased as as a as a break. You know. Right. For sure. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting too. I mean, you would think he he'd have this all planned. Well, maybe not all planned out, but he has an idea where it needs to go, and, mm. and I suppose this could be part of that. For, I mean, absolutely. I wouldn't put that past him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's all yeah. I got on him. Gotcha. Then, anything else on any other character? I'm done with the characters, personally. Yeah, nope. I, I don't have anything else. Sweet. Then, let's move on to just final final bit of the discussion. Anything, Any final things on the volume or predictions and stuff like that? I guess I'll just kick it off by saying that I I loved this volume as I said at the start, and I think what made it really really awesome to me was sort of the twist that the book took at the at the very end. 
yeah. you know, with with Mizuha's whole whole freak out and 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 mm-hmm. seeing her mother like that, uh, because for the most part, this was a very peaceful and funny and wholesome volume, uh, with with obviously yeah. with little little bits here and there of Mizuha's struggles sprinkled in, uh, you know, because it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies until the last chapter, but but still, most of it was very optimistic and positive. But then, you know, her mother being murdered at the very end was such a strong turn, I thought, that it, it really it really made this volume very special to me. Yeah, I, I, I like that turn as well. Yeah, it's not all peaceful sunshine and rainbows. It's <laughs> that you have tragedy like this, mental illnesses and mm-hmm. um, whatever whatever else may, may be behind there. Yeah. And maybe this is something that will kind of help Fushi realize something that, well, maybe this is not as, this world is not as peaceful as I thought. Um, maybe I'm not sure. Right. How do you, how do you come back? Mental illnesses like that. Um, For you sure. know, it, it's a, it's a tall task to have to want, you know, world peace in that sense. But, um, either way, I agree. It, it was a great twist at the end. And I think if, if this part, if they continue on after season two uh, of the anime, the, oh, yeah. that line I think will, you know, uh, be my friend. That that if if that voice actor delivers, which I'm sure she will, whoever it is, um, uh-huh. that could be like a very either memeable or impactful line. I I think. <laughs> oh, uh, dude, I just think yeah. it's so good. Totally, totally, and the fa- totally. The face she makes and just the the timing of it and Fushi's reaction as well is just. Oh, so good. Right. It's creepy. Yeah, like the the whole imagery of her sitting there, like in the bushes, yeah. all bloody, and with that expression. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so so good and really iconic. And like obviously, like both of us, we just read this like a week ago, like immediately after we re- probably recorded um, last week's episode. But even so, even though this is still pretty fresh for the both of us, I just feel like it's such an iconic panel. Al- already, mm-hmm. I feel like it's an iconic one. <laughs> It's good. It's mm. really good. Really, really is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've I've said most of, or all of my predictions throughout the yeah. discussion. Um, I think this volume is a, is a is a good way to start. I I hope we get more of, uh, Yuki and and, and a bit more of Hana as well. Uh, I mean, mm. of course, we'll get some more Mizuha. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. In some capacity. But I, re- I really do want to see more Yuki because at this point, I'm, he's to me he's just kind of there, and he was able to get them together. But I don't, I don't really care too much about him. I, I think he's funny, but hmm. I, I want I want to you know really grow attached to that character. Yeah, I, I agree completely, and I, I think we will. Um, re- really hope we will. There was there were a lot of characters in this book. You know, there wasn't like first of all we had like the the huge ensemble of characters from the previous books all returned so there were mm-hmm. all, all of them plus several new characters like the the, the we had the, the three aoki family members plus mizuha her grandfather her mother uh, hana like th- th- there were plenty of new characters introduced more i feel like than there usually are or uh, especially considering how many characters there were there already were that we knew from previous volumes that, that were also in this mm. one so I guess with that, it was hard to get everyone to shine and and to get attached to all of them as much. But I thought Mizuha and Hana, absolutely, especially Mizuha, but also a lot 
to a big extent Hana as well, were like new characters that I really, really appreciated in, in this book. Yeah, I, I do want a little more from Hana as well, but I, I agree that th- mm-hmm. those two had, had, had more of a, a story or more, more interesting in, the, in this story overall or in this mm-hmm. volume overall. But Mizaha yeah. was just so interesting and, and tragic yes. in that way. Uh-huh. And, um, definitely yeah. excited to see where, where she goes from there. Absolutely. Like, I feel like this was definitely her volume, mostly, uh-huh. I, I think. Uh, but yeah, yeah, super stoked to see everyone uh, again and see where their stories go. And yeah, like, I, I don't really have any, like, immediate speculations and predictions either left. But one thing that, I, like, like a far out prediction, sort of, that, that I okay. thought of is that, like, well... Let's say we stay in the present day for a while now, like a couple of volumes, maybe maybe another 12 volumes as, as the previous part was. Although I, I don't know, it, it doesn't matter though. But like we, we like for this part two, as, as I think it's called, uh, of the story, I, I'm, I'm guessing it will be set in the present day. Maybe it will be the final part of the story. Maybe, maybe it will end here. But what if we move on beyond present day after this for like a part three being set in the future yeah that would be such a like such a cool thing we already said like i, I think you you pointed out recently that it, it's a, it's such a unique thing like last week such a unique thing for a story to span over this long a period of time starting in like medieval settings and moving into a modern age era it would be and, and then you know adding on top of that the possibility of moving into like the future like with like maybe mm-hmm. like science fiction elements and stuff like that, uh, that would be so wacky, and I think it would make it even more unique than it, than it already is. Um, obviously, that's way way down the line at this point, but I think a part three set in the future could be a super cool, maybe a super cool way to sort of end the story, perhaps. Yeah, potentially, and and having it more yeah set in the future, I, I that definitely came to my mind. Um, while while reading last volume, and I thought, oh, yeah, that that could be mm-hmm. an interesting um, prospect, and and maybe it happens still in part two, and it doesn't necessarily need a part three. It's just fair. That's fair. just how how she breaks it up, or or maybe it is a part three. Either way, it would be mm-hmm. so cool to have it set in the future because, as we were saying, it being unique that we're in the, going from the past to the modern day, we don't really have too many anime that or or yet nowadays too many stories that talk about you know futuristic like future world back in the you know 70s oh, yeah. 80s and i guess even the 60s <laughs> you know there was all sorts of futuristic type like stories i felt like um yeah yeah totally yeah you know and and even in anime with gundam like obviously that was a whole genre all set far into the future <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i'm not saying gun i'm not saying they're gonna have giant robots in space, but right, no, no, but <laughs> unless unless no, it would be cool to see Oima's take on a futuristic world. Dude, yeah, I I would love I would love that seriously, uh, but yes, <laughs> but like again, it's like way down the line, and I right. guess for now, I'm just I'm just really appreciating what we got in the in the in the present day setting right here. Sure, but but still, really interesting to think about, and I I just couldn't help but bring it up, I guess. <laughs> So I have one last thing that I that I just remembered. It, it'll be uh-huh. really quick, but it was yeah. um, something that Yuki says when he's talking about towards the very beginning of the volume, the legends of 
uh, Fushi and his disciples, and he call he says he has eleven disciples or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and and I and I mentioned this in my in my chat with you or in our Discord uh, with Petter, and I I was just saying how that remi- that comparison reminds me of uh, Christ and his followers. He he had now he had twelve disciples, but one of them betrayed him, uh, Judas, and ended up killing himself because he felt guilty for betraying Jesus. Mm. And then you compare that to Fushi. Now they say he has 11 disciples, but if you count Kahaku, you could say that's 12. And Kahaku... But isn't Kahaku counted as one of the 11? Uh, I don't think so. Because because I count I counted them. If you include the animals, you get 11. Oh, do you count Ligard then as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, right. Okay, yeah, fair, fair. Anyway, but, but this is just this is just me thinking and, and seeing. Oh, maybe there's that kind of comparison there. And and so anyway, Kahaku being the twelfth, uh, inadvertently and and not willingly betrayed Fushi, and mm. eventually killed himself to right. I guess atone for that. So there's that. There could be that comparison. Now, for sure, Buddha had the ten great disciples as well. So maybe there's a comparison there, or maybe it's just Oima's making a kind of commentary on. Some religions having similar aspects where you have a teacher and yeah. the followers. So oh, yeah. It could be that as well. Anyway, just something I wanted to uh, just lightly point out and be and just say, hey, you know, maybe that she took some inspiration from one of these sources. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really fun because religion has become a, a pretty central thing in the story in general, I feel. And yeah, it's it's really it's really fun to see sort of how and where from she draws the inspiration and and how she enjoys to i guess reference various real yeah. world things you know mm-hmm. that's yeah a lot of fun indeed but i guess that is it for this week yep all right then if you enjoy our content you can follow us on twitter at umami manga and it would be lovely if you'd like to support us by either rating our shows on the podcast platforms or subscribing to our channel umami manga on youtube if you like this episode please share it around with anyone you think might enjoy it too thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time when we'll talk about volume 14 bye bye please be my friend see you later